Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Cage. I am your host, Kyle Green. I want to thank everybody for their patience in waiting for a new episode to come out. I've got a couple in the bank, so we're going to have a a few rapid-fire releases to get some of those out that are a little bit more topical. But, yeah, so with COVID being a thing still and restaurants opening back up, I went back to my nine to five, having people back in the restaurant and folks enjoying food and dining in. And now we are back to all masks all the time. The podcast is all masks all the time. The restaurant is all masks all the time. Masks in the shower, masks in the bed, wherever you are going, you got your face mask on. Uh, That is according to St. Louis city ordinances. Obviously not at your house. That's a joke. Come on. That's a joke. Um, Yeah, it's it's been weird. It's been a weird few weeks with everything opening back up and then kind of closing back down. Places locally have shut down. The country, who fucking knows what's going on everywhere else? It's insanity. But that's to be understood because we live in a crazy, crazy time. It's nuts out there. On a lighter note, I wanted to share a personal story of mine uh, that I thought was pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting, uh, straight out of a of an episode of Seinfeld. So, me and the girlfriend were going on a kayaking trip. We were going to get out of town and go uh, go float some boats and stay in a like a cabin. And we're packing everything up, and. I got everything in the toiletry bag, soaps and whatnot, and toothpaste, and a toothbrush, and it's mine. And I said to I said to Megan, I go, Megan, where is uh, where's your toothbrush? We gotta make sure we bring it. She goes, Oh, it's in the toiletry bag. I said, No, this is my toothbrush. It's in the toiletry bag. She goes, Yeah, that's the one I use too. As if that is okay. As if that is okay. I said to her, I go, Megan. When you go to buy a toothbrush online or if you're going to the store, what's the section of the store that you are shopping in? It is the personal hygiene section. Not the, not the couples, not the group, the personal hygiene session. In what world that was cool? I mean, granted, yeah, we kiss and stuff like that and share food and things. So, yes, it's not the end of the world like 1990s Seinfeld would make it out to be. But it is just kind of gross. And I understand why she wanted to use mine, though, because it's, it's one of those fancy-dancy electric ones that, that, uh, record, or that, uh, that buzzes, and uh, it's real nice. So I can understand her wanting to use it, so we're just going have to have to buckle down and buy her one, too, preferably in a different color to you know, negate any confusion that might take place. So anyway... That's a, that is a story from the past couple of weeks that I thought was just kind of interesting, wanted to share it. So, Anyway, this week on the show, we have my good friend Will Gerald is back. This time we also have Frank McGinty, uh, first time on the episode, uh, and of course myself. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Inside the Cage with Will Gerald and Frank McGinty. Maybe just the bachelor party would be cool. <laughs> we don't need we don't need what what we just discussed going to any wives at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. No. All right, guys. Yeah, it's not the so, worst thing that could yeah, ever happen. We are we are rocking and rolling. Uh, this is inside the cage. Uh, welcome back, 
we are finally recording again after some of the weird COVID lifts and stuff. Obviously, I've said on the podcast before, I'm a bartender and I run a restaurant. And, you know, we had a bunch of stuff to get ready to do. It's been busy. So, nonetheless, I want to thank everybody for tuning in with me today. My good friend, Will Gerald. He, hey. He has uh, been on the show before. And uh, with us is uh, Frank McGinty. Uh, no. Good friend, first timer on the podcast, but uh, he was here last time we recorded. He was just not mic'd up, so now he's mic'd up. I think you heard me like one time. Last yeah, in time the background, like, chattering. It's 120 employees, <laughs> and that was it. That was my claim to fame. <laughs> oh man! So, guys, what the fuck has been up since uh, we've last talked? I mean, a lot of stuff in the world, but personally, oh. first, how how have you guys been? Uh, good. I uh, I went to. Uh, I went to Kansas City for a couple of weeks. Dope. How so, was that? Uh, it was, well, it's great. I mean, I'm from there, so it's always nice to visit home. So, What's that, it like during COVID? Is it much they, like St. Louis? Or? They are, um, they're a little bit more open, but their regulations are much more strict. So we're kind of here allowed to be open a little bit more, people at the bar, things like that. Uh, they're specifically not supposed to have anybody sitting at the bar anywhere. Um, they all employees are supposed to wear masks. Um, they are limited to, I think, 25% capacity. And anybody that stays more than 10 minutes is forced to uh, sign in for a registry. So A registry of what? People that ate out in Kansas City for longer oh, than 10 like minutes. Oh, like they like had to sign like a form or something? No, they have to have a, a, it's a list of, of, of patrons that you oh, have. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, that the... That, the government can have access to. It's them trying to track like um, hot spots, I guess, right? It's, it's so that if if somebody says, "Hey, I went," are to, they really giving it to the government? Though? Like, like I went to old Chicago. I went. They they they're supposed to keep it, and if they if the city asks for it, they have to give it to them for their whole records. Mm. So they're not. It's not mandatorily being pr- picked up, but like say you go to old Chicago pizzeria and you were there, and then somebody said comes positive with it. And they go back and retrace their steps. So they go to old, old Chicago and say, hey, I was here on this day. They can notify everybody that was also there while they were there to say, hey, just in case you want to know, you may have had contact uh, from 100 feet across the room with somebody who might have had contact with COVID. Mm. So uh, don't worry at all. Gotcha. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the place neat. I was consulting for wasn't doing any of those things. So I was a big fan of that. Yeah. Frank, you've been consulting restaurants too, right? Except in Illinois, correct? Uh, yeah, just a little bit working with um, uh, a cool new little concept out there in Edwardsville with some uh, old coworkers of mine from Gamlin. It's it, it's it's kind of fun, kind of getting into the whole thing of it because most of the time, I mean, being a general manager at Gamlin, I did a lot of the numbers and everything, and to be able to go out there um, and do something that was fairly simple for me and honestly kind of enjoyable. I'm like, I'm a nerd like that. Um, getting to be paid for it, obviously, is fantastic. Yeah, It is money in my pocket for so little of my time and effort. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the COVID stuff like out there? You guys aren't open, though, right? Like, there's nobody, no, like, coming um, in or out. No, Where, whereas in Will in Kansas City, that restaurant was open. Oh yeah, is that right? Yeah, every, everything in cool Missouri is, is open. Yeah. But yeah. Illinois is still like they're right on the edge now. 
They're, um, yeah, they're in like stage four of whatever their plan was to reopen. It, it's still kind of vague some of the details to me because yeah. I just, I don't have time to sit and talk about that when I've got work to do. But um, yeah, they, I mean, they're, uh, the place is uh, XO Nail Salon and Lounge. And so um, they're working on the bar concept right now and it's really cool and it's um, very, uh, I don't mean bougie to be bad, but it's yeah, it's bougie. <laughs> like it's it's really nice. Um, but on the other side, the nail salon side, they're full blown open, pretty much. Um, their chairs are like about six feet apart. But um, yesterday, when I was working there, they were packed. I mean, you really? Had, yeah, you had pretty much every single seat filled. So there, people aren't afraid to uh, go out and spoil themselves a little since they've been looking like cave people for the last three months. Yeah, Illinois has been one of those states that's been pretty pretty closed up. I mean, they they just started opening a lot of things like on the other side of the river from here, and I don't know what Chicago's like. Oh, Chicago is on lockdown. It's still ghost yeah. town. Still, and then the mo- and basically, I mean, you think all of that metropolis from Cook County, which contains most of um, Chicago, and then all the way up into um, Evanston, they're they're on lockdown, man. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was just in Chicago about a month ago visiting an old friend of mine. And nothing was open. Nothing. I mean, even most places. Is everybody were, just like ordering like DoorDash and shit It was like a lot that? of DoorDash. Uh, um, I knew my friend and she told me about friends in her friend group who were servers and whatnot, which to me I thought would be the most, I guess, brave is the way to put it. People most willing to go out and about. Um, her and all her friends, they'd been quarantined for like 42 days when I got there. Wow. She, she said me coming to visit and a friend of hers she worked with who also came over the weekend I was there, that was like the most interaction she'd had in almost two full months. Insane. I, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's... I mean, I knew there, there's obviously places in the country that are still you know, heavily under quarantine and stay at home orders and all of that stuff. But I mean, we're in one of those spots where they opened up. Now we've seen an uptick in terms of like overall cases and stuff like that. But from what, so it's interesting because like from what I've read and what I've seen, it's that because there is a larger amount of tests that can be done, um, that yes, you're seeing cases go up, but the deaths, that are associated with COVID tend to remain the same. Actually on the decline. Yeah, exactly. So what we're looking at now is, you know, kind of what people have said is that, you know, people are getting tested and yes, the COVID numbers are going up. That means that people had COVID, but it don't, it also doesn't mean that it's killing more people. So right. like it, it's just, just because I got sick doesn't mean that like people died because of it. So you listened to this podcast before I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things also where um, generally when a, when a virus or illness hits a population, um, the most susceptible are going to die first. So when we had that very high average age of death, um, that was because most people were dying in, in uh, nursing homes and such because those were the folks that were the most susceptible, so they went first. And so you'll see those deaths decline, and it'll probably actually start to normalize out so that as we go four or five, six months down the road and those deaths start to, um, those deaths start to kind of like, you know, even out on a day-to-day basis, 
that you'll see also that the distribution and age will start to even out because it'll just be people that are just can't handle it, not just all the old people. They're, they're kind of taken out first, if you want, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So what the fuck is, is old Donnie worried about? Like, who cares what the case numbers are? Why, why is he pissing well, his pants about because that? Because it's when you're talking about statistics, you can, you can get statistics to do whatever you want. I mean, there's actually an old joke that I, that I tell. It's, it's probably not funny to most people, but math nerds, it'll be funny. So a, a guy comes <laughs> and buys a, not to laugh. a guy comes and buys a company, and so he needs to kind of figure out what's going on. So he gets the same guy from his, he gets this guy from his science department. And he goes, um, he goes, I just want to know how you run things down there. What's one, what's one and one? And he says, well, one numeral and one numeral makes two. So he's like, all right, cool. So he calls the best guy from his engineering department. He goes, well, what's one and one? He says, well, one unit and one unit is two units. He says, okay. So he gets a guy from his statistician department. Comes up. He goes, what's one and one? The guy looks around, goes over, draws the shade, shuts the door, locks it. And he goes, what do you want it to be? <laughs> and that's, so, like, that's exactly how you use stats in politics or on the yeah, news. That's so actually you, pretty funny. So if you say, well, this is the most that most cases we've had in a single day in the la- since, the, since the virus hit, well, what's the most cases? If we had 1,000 cases and we tested 2,000, that's one thing. What if we had 1,050 cases and we tested 5 million? Yeah. So, and the more we test, we can have a larger confidence. Statistically, we have a larger confidence in the statement that we make. So it's, when somebody says we've had an uptick in cases, well, have we also had a two times uptick in testing or same amount of tests? I don't know. So those, that's the thing. So like whenever I see claims like that i want to see the data all the data not just what you cherry picked to show me i want it all and so i can see so i can make those judgments but that's like as a biologist i mean that's what i do is i handle large sets of data and and and, you know mold it down into you know a conclusion yeah but i could take any bits of those data and be like whatever i want it to say i can make it say if i have a bias yeah my my favorite example of stats is thinking to major league with bob Uecker where he's like like joey Votto is one for four for hitting home runs when robbie mayfield is standing 30 feet deep in right center and it's also a bird flying south by south by south as the wind flies and the crow goes like and that one for four those were all four instances that that ever happened i mean it's such a small number that's like that reminds me so Way, way back in the early 1900s, uh, <laughs> there were tobacco cards. You guys ever heard of tobacco cards? Oh, yeah. Baseball card fans? Yeah, that, the most, yep. most yeah. expensive card Yeah, Hannes Wagner. Hannes yeah. Wagner, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in the 90s, my brother was really into stuff that was old. Like, he used to make, like, reprints of comic books, try to look vintage and stuff like that. So he was super into that stuff. And there was some pack of, like, trading cards that came out, and it was, like, reprints of the old cards and stuff. And it would be like there'd be a post or there'd be like a card that and it would have like specialized stat. And it was like the only man to get nine triple plays in a single inning. And you're just like, how the fuck right. does that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> how do you have, right. like, like what? I, I always love And I think baseball is more ripe for that when you have like um, they give you those like really cool stats. Like some of them are my favorite Cardinals are involved in my favorite ones is like that. Uh, who's the only player in history to hit two grand slams in one inning. Oh, I know that. Fernando Tatis. Fernando Tatis for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, like, cool stuff like that. Like, you don't keep track of that stuff in any, in any, other, in any other sport. I mean, who was the cat that threw five wild pitches in one inning? Rick Ankiel, probably. Rick Ankiel, yeah. yeah. And then they got sent down and came back up as a great center fielder. <laughs> yeah, he was. That's one of those things, too, where you, you, you have all these statistics. I mean, even if you just think about the fact of pitching rotations nowadays or relief pitchers, like the sheer number of pitchers that someone could face in a game and the frequency they could face them, even playing a four-game series a couple times a year, you might still only see a guy, even if you're not like an all-the-time player, um, once or twice, one, in once or twice in a season, maybe your career. There, right. they'll pull things up where like this batter faced this pitcher last time in 2014. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Are well, they gonna, have. There's a pull up the stats from when this person was on a completely well, different team in a completely different environment. There's a company called the Elias Sports Bureau, and that's exactly what they do. Because I'll listen to, um, I listen to Dan Patrick, and it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and they'll be talking about something. And all of a sudden, one of their producers will pop in, like in live conversation. They had called them about something, some completely random stat that they were talking about or some an, an event. And they call Elias, just in. come back in, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, that happens, and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, because they'll call Elias, and they get somebody right on it. They keep stats for everything, and these statisticians can just sift through hundreds of millions of points of data and pull exactly what you want. Well, that's that's pretty much the premise of the movie Moneyball. And exactly, uh, the guy yeah. that, what was the name of the coach? Brad Pitt was the name of the well, gorgeous man that played the coach. Billy Bean. Uh, yeah, Billy Bean. Yeah. Billy, he was the GM for Oakland at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, and like he just used stats, and it, and it boiled down to who gets on base. Who and, and, runs. Who runs. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Run. Well, runs. But it was, it was all about getting on base so that way you could score runs. Right. And my favorite thing is like when he's having that meeting with the old timers, and they're like, oh, well, you know, Kid's got a good look. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, we like, don't give a fuck about looks right. anymore. The best Who <laughs> gets on base? One of them goes, uh, one, of, one of the old timers was talking about this one guy who's supposed to be kind of like, don't like him. Why not? He's got an ugly girlfriend. No confidence. <laughs> like, no holy confidence. shit, man. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but like, I mean, maybe she was really funny and played Call of Duty. I don't know. No confidence. Right. Like, he had an ugly no girlfriend, con- so the guy's like, nope, don't. No, we're not taking guys with ugly girlfriends. I'm like, that's a fucking stat. I mean, I mean, what if the dude's a mook himself and is just like ugly as shit? And like, wh- wh- where's my context? Like, what does this dude look like? I need matter. to know both people. Baseball, in the baseball players have hot wives. Who do you guys, which professional sport do you guys think have the hottest wives? It's got to be baseball because no, which sport no. has the most money? No, no, no. It's not about that. You get no. you get to a threshold of money, and with the hot, with these kind of chicks, it doesn't matter. Like it, it, you, it's hockey wives. Uh, you know, I knew you were going to say that. It's hockey wives. Golf. No, maybe, no. yeah. Yes. I don't know a lot of golf wives. Golf wives are smoke shows. Have you seen <laughs> Paulina Gretzky? That's uh, DJ's wife. Oh, no. They just look like smoke shows because of the total dads that they stand next to. Like, <laughs> you ever seen like Bill Nicholson on, on the course? You're just like, ah, like. Hey, don't make fun of Hefty, all right? <laughs> he used to be my favorite golfer. <laughs> Wait, who was your favorite golfer? Phil Mickelson used to be my favorite golfer. Who's your favorite golfer now? Mike Weir. I don't know who that is. I know well, nothing about golf. I, I, like, I'm I left, barely know Phil Mickelson. I'm a, I'm a left-handed golfer, so it's really rare on the tour. And I used to like Phil Mickelson because he's left-handed. But then I found out he's not really left-handed in real life. He just left-handed because his dad taught him how to golf, who's right-handed. And he stood across from his father and learned how to swing by mirroring his dad. Oh, so he became left-handed. And so he started to learn left-handed. So not actually left-handed, but Mike Weir from Canada. He, I mean, he's got the Canadian thing going on, so whatever. But, you know, everything else, he's left-handed golfer. 
left-handed, more like Mike Weird. (laughs) See what I'm telling you, Kyle? This is what this is it. Mike Weird. He wasn't ready. Yep. This is. I I warned you. This is what you're gonna get. An hour and a half of bad puns. I love good puns. Those are great puns. Mike Weird. Oh shit, man. Man. Well, all right. Uh, I want to keep this podcast light because the world has been heavy as fuck lately. And to be to be one hundred percent fair, I've been working a lot more, and I I want lighthearted, good, fun things, not all the terribleness that's going on. Even though everything is terrible, and uh, we're everybody hopefully is doing the best they can to make sure that it's not. So, nonetheless, I've been watching a lot of Simpsons on Disney Plus lately. And by the really? way, the best season of The Simpsons is season three. Well, I've actually, 2020 is literally now the one thing that the fucking Simpsons didn't predict. I don't think no one predicted this. Yeah, if, if, if you've run across something in real life that the Simpsons didn't predict, that's how you know it's fucked up. I would have preferred the movie 2012, where just snow just rains constantly and everyone freezes to death. Ooh, and then we can go find these hidden arcs. At least I could tame some wolves or something. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, you could live in the wilderness. Oh, you're, no, you're, you're, not talk, dude, you're talking like, about 2012 oh, with the... Now, is that the one where they have the hidden arcs in China? No, wait. No. I don't know. Maybe. Yes. No, yeah. I, yeah, because yeah. John Cusack is in it, right? But it gets cold first, and then, like, everything changes. No, you're thinking uh, what am I, uh, the day after tomorrow. tomorrow. That's, that's, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. As soon as um, I said the wolves, I was like, damn it. This the girl is from Shameless who shows her boobs all the time. Oh, uh, Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum. Oh. And then um, Den- <laughs> and Dennis Quaid. I remember when she, she was just, you know, the Phantom of the Opera's main squeeze yep and then i watched shameless and all my dreams came true (laughs) have you ever listened to an interview of her talk about doing the nude scenes for shameless no it's awesome she she's basically just like i'm really uncomfortable with having to show my entire body on camera she goes so i she basically just goes for like a full out-of-body experience she just she'd be like um that prostitute that would just be like a dead fish she just basically has to take herself completely out of the situation and just kind of let things happen and go. go, um, go Frank, I, I know you kind of you have some entertainment background, and I know you might want to be an entertainer at some point. You just destroyed your entertainment career because no. you referred to a Hollywood A-list actress as a whore dead fish. No, it was prostitute. Your not career whore. is yeah. They're, Your career's done before it even started. They're only whores and hookers when they're dead, Cyril. <laughs> <laughs> they're escorts when they're still alive and you've, they've been paid. But no, no, she basically was just like, oh, like I really just have to basically mentally just not even be there. Yeah, She's man, like, I don't want to. I don't want to show off us. my tiny ween on camera. I they never. It. Well, I mean, they never let you have like the good moments. Like you don't get to fluff yourself. Like. Oh, I'm sure they give you. I, I bet if you said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna, I need to go behind the curtain think, real quick. You know, I need to give it a quick slap real quick and just kind of get the blood." No, I don't think I, think I want to go little, in as small boop, as possible boop, and give everybody the good underestimated guys. Like, <laughs> you know, this guy, he doesn't, he's not got anything. And then, you know what? Maybe I can surprise some folks along the way. I guess, but I mean, <laughs> the whole grower, not a shower approach. I appreciate that, Kyle. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, if I was, I mean, Rossum, though, what am I embarrassed about? I'm fantastic. Well, She's an actress. She's probably already a head case uh, and kind of, well, also, and kind of insecure. Also, to take their clothes off on camera. Like, I get it's part of the script. I mean, yeah, if somebody was going to give me a shit ton of money to do it, I would do it. Yeah, but I still, thing, like, I, I wouldn't be like, The three of us actually go. work for a living. And, she works and we, for and, a living. Yeah, she does, too. But she gets paid a whole lot of money. And so it's one of those things. Dude, if anybody walked in here with even half of the money she makes on an annual basis, and it was like, you know, in a suitcase, here you go. Dude, I'd shake my wiener on primetime NBC. <laughs> okay? Like, I'd let the whole country the see it. I don't it. care. Yeah, I mean, I for that kind of true. scratch, you know. It is a substantial amount of cash. Yeah, each. so, I mean, it's like, and, and plus she gets, I'm sure, you know, because she was famous when she got the part. I'm sure she had a good agent. So she probably gets big bonuses every time she shows her tits. You know, and that's in, it's in her contract. So, and she's doing it because it's worth it. And so if she doesn't like it, she's, she's free to come, you know, wait some tables down at hair of the dog or something. You'll be a bartender, <laughs> sling some, sling some cheap beer and, and shitty shots. Like you're free to do that. Or do you want to show your tits for seven figure income on an annual basis? You know what I'm saying? What's she making it? I have no idea. I honestly don't care. <laughs> Yeah, Will does, though. So he's not going to let this go until he figures it out. Anyway, you guys, still, season three of The Simpsons is the best season. Which episodes are that? Yeah, exactly. So Homer at the Bat, where he's on the softball team. Okay. And then they bring in all the major league players to replace them. Great episode. Fantastic. Uh, It. It's Mar or Homer alone is the other one where Marge wants to take a vacation and Homer is left taking care of the baby while the other kids stay at uh, Patty and Selma's. Great episode. That's episode fifteen. I got the whole episode list. Oh, there. nice. Yes, yeah. Uh, there's a is the sideshow Bob episode. Oh, Mr. Flaming, Lisa Flaming goes to Moses Washington. in it. Huh? Flaming Moe's. Flaming Moe's. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's a yeah, good one, dude. They're all. It's yeah. dude. It's back to back hits. That is the best season of The Simpsons. Uh, Flaming Moe's is great. Yeah, I like the Flaming Moe's. The Flaming Dr. Pepper. Flaming Moe's. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it doesn't have my favorite episode um, in The Simpsons. And that's Dude, the one where they... Homer the Bat is my favorite because the very last song I used to... So there was a Simpsons soundtrack that came out in the 90s. And it was like all the songs that like they had written for The Simpsons. And the Homer the Bat episode ends with... Uh, a song, and it's like, they're talking softball from Maine to San Diego, talking softball, <laughs> Mattingly and Canseco. And it's just like, I listened to that song so many times as a child that, like, I watched the whole episode just waiting to hear it again, but it's so good. And the episode is is even better because Ken Griffey Jr., who was relatively new to the league of uh, baseball at the time, Highest uh, highest value rookie card of all time. Oh, yeah. Yes, true. Um, but anyway, he's in the episode. Like, he's a voice actor and everything. And all the all the major league players face terrible fates. And Ken Griffey Jr. is given nerve tonic by Mr. Burns. Because Mr. Burns is, you know, a thousand years old. <laughs> and yeah, Griffey Jr. gets gigantism. And he's wheeled into the hospital. <laughs> and he's, his arms and legs are huge. And his head is enormous. And Dr. Hibbert's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes. Just like that. <laughs> my my fa- I think my favorite song from that. Was the uh, was this, the title song for the only episode that Conan O'Brien actually wrote, um, which was the Monorail? Oh yeah, also, uh, dude, also on the uh, album that I had, Monorail is great. Yeah, I I love the um, the Elton John episode 
where he's like traveling around the world. They go to India and like Apu the whole time. Every time he interacts with Elton John, just throws out an Elton John song as a pun, like in conversation. (laughs) And my favorite is when it's like the end of the episode, and Elton John is getting off the plane, coming back from India, and experiencing the sweatshops with the children. And Apu standing at the airport and goes, Oh no, the bitch is back. The whole episode, they're kind of subtle or like elongated, and you're just like, he's just like, oh, goodbye, yellow brick road, as as some constructions happening without like, but then that one just comes soaring in. Just I I love that show, man. Hank Azaria is such a great voice actor. Oh, he's one. He's honestly probably one of the best of all time. There, I mean, like everybody credits the dude that did like, uh, I can't remember his name. Will, if you could look this up, Uh, he did like. Porky Pig and Bugs Bunny, and he's like the, the the quintessential greatest voice actor of all time. The one who currently does him? Or the no, one? no, the original one. Oh. You'll find his name. Voiced by uh, Joe Doherty or Matt Blanc? No. Matt Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. Yeah, Mel Blanc. Not, not, not Matt Blanc. Yeah, Mel, yeah. Mel Blanc, Mel Blanc uh, greatest voice actor of all time. He did, uh, did uh, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, and most all of the Looney Tunes in general. Yeah. Yeah, almost every single one of them by himself. Um, so, like, the greatest of all time. But, yes, Hank Azaria in terms of... And, honestly, even though his voice was so distinct, Phil Hartman, before his, his brutal demise, right. uh, was... Did you, did you ever watch news radio? Yeah, I did. You know, I yeah. was actually listening you to... Can't, you can't find episodes of it streaming anywhere, though, as I was actually I listening to uh, Joe Rogan today, and he was talking about his time on news radio, and I, I, like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot Joe Rogan was on news radio. Yeah, I used to love that show back in the day. There was a couple of them. Um, Drew Carey Show, one of my personal favorites. That was really good. I think that it was... <laughs> I talked about that last time, I think. The, the, uh, the, the antithesis of... like. You have Drew and Mimi who absolutely hated each other mm. as desk worker and and secretary, and then like you have the they're like they they're the opposite of Jim and Pam. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're yeah. not attractive and they hate each other as opposed to Jim and Pam are like beautiful people who yeah. love each other. But yeah, it's like the op- that was a great that was a great show. It, it was better when they had um, who's the British actor who played the boss? Uh, it's the same guy that did the Late Late Show, Craig yes. Robinson. Uh, Craig no. Robinson. No, Ferg- it was a Ferguson. Or Craig Ferguson. Craig, Craig Robinson's yeah. from The Office. Yeah. yeah. The, the, so, uh, yeah, Craig comedian. Ferguson. But then, then whenever he left and they brought in, like, that cranky old bat, what was her name? <laughs> I think she's the one who plays Nana on, uh, on Beer Fest, maybe. I don't remember. Like, I, don't know, but, I, I remember, like, like earlier Drew Carey show. No, I can't remember. But Nonetheless, yeah, she, I love Yeah, but she's like... And, and it, it was, I just... I wish there was... All of those great shows from the 90s were streaming and stuff like that. Because we're getting... Dude... Speaking of streaming, Hamilton coming July out. 3rd. July 3rd. I cannot 3rd. fucking wait. And it's the Lin-Manuel Miranda like recording from right. like, the original Broadway run where it was like million dollars a seat kind of tickets. So, they were supposed to be here this summer, and I think when, I, when they... It came previously. I think the tickets are like $500 or something. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, no, thank you. Closest to me was Chicago, and it was going to be seven hundred dollars a ticket. I just insane. I couldn't fathom. Could you imagine taking like a family of four? I I I've and, got, it, it's, I've, and to I've drive down there, stay stay overnight, yeah. and and all of that. That's insane. That's like to to go watch a play for what an hour and a half. 
I don't know, man. It's you know, that one's a lot longer, but but yeah, I get I get your point. I I mean, I've been to a couple of musicals. I haven't been just, to just in Milwaukee and Chicago, and great theaters. Um, going to the Bank Theater and then also uh, uh, the Paps Theater in Milwaukee. Fantastic. What have you seen? What shows? Uh, Rent, Wicked, uh, Lion King, Twice. I saw it in Ooh, Chicago Lion and King Milwaukee. Twice. So good. Is it really that good? It's it's really fantastic. I was always apprehensive about um, Disney cartoons becoming live musical theater. Well, so the production is beautifully done because, honestly, it is kind of cartoonish still with the way they use a lot of um, puppeteering. Oh, um, cool. So, they, so the actors, you'll have two actors playing a giraffe. One is the front legs, one's the back legs, and they've got, they've got basically stilts, like stilts hands, like um, people who are the, like a cheetah on the plane, like they'll kind mm-hmm. of bend over, and um, the front paws will be extended past their shoulders, and the rear paws are um, attached just long sticks. So it's just like these H, like these H beam, puppeteering. That's cool. Like it, and they have a lot of. Um, rising stages and a lot of mechanics that have to do with the stages so it's actually only performed at a handful of places around the country it's less than it's it's like less than 10 theaters um even with the national tour um really is because it's so like the stage production is so big and complex so they have to build entire um rigging systems into the stage including tracks that um tracks and elevators so things um that aren't just being pushed across the stage, they're being mechanically pulled across the stage through chains and pulleys and whatnot. You really like the Lion King stage show. It, it was fantastic. It was <laughs> like, like um, Frank, you know a substantial amount about the Lion King stage show. Well, the, the person who originated the Simba role, um, my, my director was super big into his music, and he was fantastic and um, tragically died young. He was not even 30 when he passed away. Oh, wow. Um, but so he was extremely talented and... Um, there was a documentary that came out early 2000s um, about The Lion King, the musical, and a, like quite a fair amount about his death and whatnot. But so I learned a lot of these kind of little behind-the-scenes things. You That's can find cool, it, man. You can find it on YouTube somewhere. I can't tell you. It's been 10 years since I've That's seen it. That's super cool. But, I uh, I was reading online the other day that, well, I because I, I didn't watch it yet, but like they have like a behind-the-scenes Mandalorian thing on Disney Plus. And they built, like, this crazy stage that makes everything, like, it's all LED screens, and they're surrounded in, like, a circle, which is why, like, the actors seem so comfortable and natural, whereas, like, green screens from back in the day were just, like, you were in a big green room, and they're like, this is all the shit that's going to be here. Imagine it. Yeah. Now they get to see it yeah, and interact that, with it. That, that, I mean, that, but that just shows, I think, the testament to some actors back then is that if you yeah. can... I mean, I think when we go back and look at them, they, things look a little cheesy. Yeah. Because our CGI wasn't near as good, and... And just you could tell when somebody's standing over a green screen, but it whew, looks good now. Oh, dude, but, it looks fantastic. But the, but even the, the look at those actors back then, and I think they were. You could say like, man, you did a really good job of of doing that. We have no idea. Like, I mean, could you imagine the the reaction of driving away in the jeep from a fake forty foot Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park? Yeah, and that little blonde girl who's like, there's nothing there. looking back and to to nothing yeah. to like. Well, we need you to look at this tennis ball that they've got on like a fifteen yeah. foot stick. And you know, now look in you this can see the dinosaur on like a three hundred right. foot screen and Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think it, it's easier, but I mean to look back at things like that. So did the fear seem as authentic as today? Probably not, but I think it's still a pretty good job with yeah. having nothing to reference. Yeah. I mean the the ones that um 
that really did a really good job back in the day. Like, I mean, you think of actors like Ian McKellen with uh, the Lord oh, of the like Rings. Oh, like Lord of the, the Rings. That, that, you shall not pass. Yeah, stuff like that was fantastic and intense. However, it really... Not a fan, Will? You don't like Lord a, of the Rings? I, eh, I've, I've seen them. They're, I wouldn't change the channel if it all were right, on. All right, hold up on this, because there's a debate that I want to get into okay. that's kind of nerdy, and we're going to talk about it, but we're going to take a break. We're going to have a drink or two, and uh, we'll be right back. More on Inside the Cage coming up in a second. Backwards. They say what direction they're supposed to go. I know. You think the doctoral candidate <laughs> figured it out Excuse in me, biology. Doctor. Okay, not electronics. <laughs> yeah, your children can figure out left and right, and they're five. Wait, like electronics? No, just they're left and right there. in general. They're getting there. <laughs> All right, yeah, so I want to do some word association of, like, you know, just, like, nerdy comic book fantasy All stuff. Right. All right. So I think the, the first one I want to do is DC versus Marvel. Marvel. Oh, sorry, Marvel. I didn't really? realize this was hard. Question. Hard Marvel. It's yeah. Hard Marvel. Why? What's the like, reason behind that? For Marvel. The, I, I mean, as in just like the MCU across the board, the old, yeah. all the whole family. Not just whatever you like about it. Were you what? a comic book fan growing oh, up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Tuesday was new comic book day at our place. There's a place called Our Place in Bolivar, Missouri. We rode down there every Tuesday in the summer on our bikes for new comic book day. This guy named Bill that owned it just hated us. <laughs> There's a little snot-nosed kids like, what new comics do you have today? But, I mean, yeah, I mean, across the board, Marvel. Their, their characters are great. Yeah. And, but the funny part about it is is that, that DC literally has the best two. Hands down, they've got they've the got, two most recognizable. You they've mean? got one and two. Yeah. And in my book of like, who's your favorite superheroes or characters? Well, they're one and two in my book. Superman, Batman, easy. Yeah, one two. Batman but then it's Superman, like, but. but then it's like, <laughs> but then it's like one two, and then fifty Marvel characters, and yeah. then you might sprinkle in some DC. It's just there after after that, it's it's a fall off. So across the board, Marvel best one DC. I think the biggest thing is that Marvel does the best job of incorporating all their characters, big and small. Because I personally love all the Marvel movies far more. Than, like, DC's just trash when it comes to movies. Aquaman was the closest I came to enjoying Ugh. one in a while. Um, what about Wonder Woman? That was a great one. Yeah, Wonder Woman was good. I will give that one. So there's two. But DC's shows, <laughs> DC does a fantastic job with all of their TV shows, including their cartoons. Which, if anyone has ever watched Justice League Unlimited, oh yeah, dude, what, they expand on the universe so much for DC. And that is a really great, like, episodic show. And that's one of the few shows out there besides these um, spinoff movies that have been coming out now, especially surrounding Flashpoint. Yeah, and, and the popularity of that growing for the new Flash Flashpoint movie, mm -hmm. which is going to have Michael Keaton in it again. <laughs> I love Michael Past Keaton Batman. And stuff. Past Batman, it's going to be great. Multiplicity but, is great with Michael Keaton. Yeah, Birdman is also good. Ooh, but just a, like Justice League Unlimited had all this stuff and all these characters, and they never capitalized on just the expansive, unique universe that they had. It was just as great as Marvel's with the variety of characters and whatnot. Yeah, and I think so. The, pla did the you planetary see... expanse. But they just don't focus on them. Yeah, the animated stuff is ten times better. Did you see the yes. um, 
like the hero antithesis movie from DC comic books. Did you see Brightburn? Oh, yeah. It was a. Uh, who directed that? I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head because it's got. The only thing I remember is, is the movie's great. Um, it's got Billy Ellis's Bad Boys, like the theme track. Yeah. Because it's. It, the general gist is, if you haven't seen it, is that it's really kind of Superman. So it's an alien that crashes in space. It, it, it's the whole Superman story. But what you've taken away from is like this innate ability to be good and fair and just as mm-hmm. Superman, like he defines America in the 40s and 50s, right? They yeah. were trying to like, yeah. we're the good guys. We come and save the day. Truth, but, justice in the American way. Exactly. So that, but what would happen if you had all these powers as a nine-year-old and you were a normal nine-year-old? It would go real bad. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Like as when it shit does, pisses you off. As it does in the movie, this, yeah. this nine-year-old gets his heart broken by a girl in his class, and he reacts, and if you, so no, no spoilers, but he reacts in a very negative way. Yeah. He starts to realize that he's all-powerful, and what would an all-powerful nine-year-old do? They, they'd probably some really scary shit. Well, that's why it takes Ma and Pa is, Kent to make sure that you have those good old-fashioned Kansas values. But that they're going to do, so at the very end of the movie, they have like this Alex Jones character type, uh, type thing. No. But he's like, he's like, oh, and there's been some, here's some undercover photos. They talk about like this super kid that's like, it's a big conspiracy theory. But then he's like, oh, and then there's supposed to this witch from 300 years ago that has a golden lasso that makes you tell the truth. And here's a fish man, a video of a fish man running through a submarine. So now you've got like evil Wonder Woman. You've got evil, yeah. evil Aquaman. Oh, I like so this. So are, are they going to like build this? I into, hope like, so. And like, well, there, was a, there was a very, very short run of comics called the Anti-Justice League. And it was exactly this. It was what if all these superheroes was had it a, a bad guy antithesis type of person. Was it a DC yes. comic? Yes. Okay. Anti-Justice League. I don't think League. Brightburn is a, is a DC no, it's, or like it's related No, it's not. But it is, it is. They make no bones about it by telling you like. This is exactly yeah. what it would be like if you if Superman wasn't. That's like it, Superman Red Sun, where he crash lands in the USSR and not Kansas, and he is raised by a Soviet family. There's a there's an animated movie about that, and I think it's like, it's like a trade paperback. It's not like it wasn't like a series or anything like that. So it was like a short run. I I, I, th- I found that very I, I like. It's very interesting to me. It draws me in to be like, well, what if what if these were real people? That's why I like the boys on Amazon. Is that, yeah, what, so is that what if what if yeah, what if what if these show. superheroes were actually real people? Which I think why Batman is so relatable. Mm-hmm. And not the fact that he's a billionaire, but the fact that he's like he's kind of a vigilante. He does stuff because he's pissed he's off. He's, he, yeah, he's like he's like he's kind of a badass, but like sometimes he does yeah. the well, bad like, thing. That's like in Dark Knight when those guys are wearing like the Batman getups and like they're trying to stop criminals and he stops them from doing yeah. anything. He's like, why do you get to be the guy? Why is it your job? He's like, oh, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Right. Yeah. You know, like, so. <laughs> I'm a billionaire. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the same, Tony Stark, same, same thing. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a trillionaire, but he's, but he's got this ability and he, but he's got massive human flaws. Okay. Bruce is just so much more jaded, though. And, and I really liked where they almost went in Batman versus Superman, where Batman's finally almost getting kind of murdery. Mm. And, and there's a couple of uh, animated movies uh, in the Flashpoint arc with a future where Batman is just jaded as shit. Oh, and yeah. He's just like, you have to imagine that would happen to him. He's walking around with it's a, a real friggin' person, sniper rifle in those movies yeah. and just like, pegging down like pit bosses and like mafia it's awesome yeah oh, shit. not to say marriage is awesome but you know <laughs> like batman 
just like letting go finally and be like, I only have one rule. Like, no, you don't. Just get over it. <laughs> All right. What about uh, Nintendo versus Sony PlayStation? Like, and we're talking like old school stuff. So like Nintendo 64 okay. yeah, and like no, Nintendo, Nintendo any day. I thought we were going to have to compare like. No, not like generations the, of video games. Uh, yeah. The, but like N64 versus like PlayStation. The vintage just enthusiasm of like N64, like SNES, like all that good stuff. That was awesome. Way better than old PlayStation. But obviously new PlayStation is leagues. Above. I, I'm going to do the same thing I did with DC Marvel. That like my favorite game of all time is on PlayStation, which is Final, Fan- Final Fantasy Seven. Okay, <clears throat> which just got remade. Uh, yeah, and I know. Now I'm, can I'm really be played excited. in like updated graphics. Right. So, so I really, I want to, re- I really want to replay because I think it'd be nice. But then, at, but then after that, what do I spend all of my time doing? It's going to be playing things like Zelda. Zelda. I, I will play all the different Zeldas. I mean, how fast thanks. did you just beat Zelda? The original um, one? The original Zelda. Yeah, the I think I beat it in like eight okay. hours. Yeah, I've got it on my Wii as a downloaded game. And it was... Yeah, it was like eight hours. It, it was a cu- like a couple hours here and a couple hours there for like three nights. And all of a sudden he was like, well, I'm on to the second phase or whatever the second story. Yeah. I was like, you, what? But yeah, I've always loved <laughs> Zelda. But, but my favorite are the mindless games that you can just kind of play on the original 8-bit Nintendo. Hands down, my favorite game that probably took most of my childhood was Marble Madness. Oh, really? really? I love On that original game. Nintendo? I was a duck Just rolling a ball around. Just rolling that damn ball around and going through the mazes. And I, I love Marble Madness. It's one of those things where I got so good that I could just like, just do it in like five minutes. But I don't know. It just, it just, it was, it's like playing Minesweeper. <laughs> you just kind of just do it. <laughs> so it just became a, a mindless thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my, I downloaded Tetris on my phone. And I've Same type that. of thing, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. slightly harder. and Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those like, oh, I'll spend three minutes playing this game of Tetris or whatever. Yeah, it turns out to be two hours. <laughs> I, I was thankful when I found a Tetris game where they finally uh, expanded on different game modes and whatnot. It was for the Game Boy Advance. And it was awesome. Did, did Game Boy have anything else other than Tetris? I don't think that thing ever left the my uh, the dock in my Game Boy. Uh, it really didn't. But so I was playing all these. Like, uh, I, I totally crushed all the scores on my old Tetris Game Boy Color, and I got this Game Boy Advance one. And I cruised through regular Tetris, but then all of a sudden there's like six other game modes with like all these crazy rules. And I was like, this is what I need in my life. Yeah. Just when I think I finally peaked, like Nintendo, <laughs> thankfully, is there so- to... Pull me back down to reality. Is that the best? Uh, is that the best Nintendo game? Tetris. I would say Tetris is right on up there, but it's not that bad. Well, like when I spend most of my time on, I do like Zelda, another Zelda, but I do the um, ooh, some Mario. I gotta right? go Ocarina of Time, man. Once again, that's still just a Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> correct. But it's but it's, more it's just one more big story arc, I guess. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I've always been a Mario guy myself like just like love it like playing uh you know super mario 3 or super mario world are you talking about like the side the side vision yeah mario side scrolling or like yeah yeah cart. yeah wait what or cart no no not cart okay I, I, I mean i i mean that that's another topic i want to talk about on that rabbit hole like what is your favorite mario kart which edition Start- mario kart starting all the way from the beginning i'm not gonna wreck that mario kart on the switch <laughs> 
because my favorite still hands down is Double Dash on the GameCube. Yes, that um, is the best one. It is I've never the played best. that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go I got to go in 64. That one's great for co-op. I got to go in 64. N64 is awesome, but if you ever played Double Dash Double on Dash, the GameCube is really really it's, good because you get two characters on one card. And so you can flip-flop them, and they each one has... Like different one abilities they, and stuff. Is, yeah, that's when they introduce special yeah. abilities per character. So Bowser would fire, like, a giant Bowser shell down the st- instead of, like, a red shell, blue shell, whatever. Yeah, that was a great but, game. But then Yoshi would have, like, a heat-seeking green egg. But Birdo has a heat-seeking pink egg. And it's just like... <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, Baby Luigi and Baby Mario have fucking Chain Chomp as a pet. And he just chases you down the track, and that's great. But it, it's nice. awesome because, yeah, I mean, just getting to do double the insanity all the time. It's like playing Mario Kart Wii with high-intensity items, and you're launching fucking ten blue shells a race. Which Sounds good. Yes, it's fantastic. I'm going to have to find this on the Amazon now. Yes, now we need a GameCube. All right, so this Wii. one is not necessarily a... Well, yeah, I guess it is still a word association. Uh, so I say this guy... And I want you to say the first movie that you think of. Bill Murray. Caddyshack. Ghostbuster. Groundhog Day. Oh, fantastic. Oh, great movies. Which Ghostbusters is my favorite movie. It is. It's my favorite as well. But the first one that comes to mind is Groundhog Day. I actually just saw a stat. um, It was like on a BuzzFeed thing, so I'm sure this is incredibly accurate. But it said that in order to master all of the things that he did and master them to the level he did, um, that he would have had to have been going through that same day for over 37 years. Hold on. Pull it up. You have the laptop right in front of you. Let's, let's verify this. To master the things in Groundhog Day, yeah. how many days would he have had to it have done it? It's got to be based on some sort of like years, average time for... Yeah, mastering I think that piano. Makes sense. Also, what do you consider mastering piano? Like, what's your proficiency test? Well, also, like he also on? does what, like ice block, like carving. Yeah. Um, he also memorizes like a shit ton of the people in town and like the stuff they know. Like, there's a lot of things that he does. Also, I'd like to give an honorable mention for Bill Murray movies with Space Jam. <laughs> Best stat line ever. <laughs> one steal. <laughs> Is that it? Just one, one steal, I think it, I think one, one championship. I, I think he did shoot one basket. <laughs> I mean, Bill Murray's definitely one to shout out stats. Okay, do you want to hear this exact quote, Kyle? About the yes, game? please. Yes. Malcolm Gladwell has stated that it takes Talk anyone... Talk into your microphone. I can't oh, hear sorry. you. <clears throat> Malcolm Gladwell has stated that it takes anyone 10,000 hours to become an expert at any one subject. And Phil is clearly an expert ice sculptor, since the ice sculpture is one thing in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Wait, who is this person? Who, who's uh, Malcolm Gladwell, he was a... Um, he wrote a famous book of, I got a long time ago. About time? Where, about, no, about, no about, um, about expertise in a topic. And he said, studying anything for 10,000 hours will give you... Um, will make you an expert at anything. Okay. So if you bartend for 10,000 hours, then you're an expert bartender. Sweet. So, I mean, think about that. I, mean, I don't know if I'm there yet. 2,000 hours is a full, full time for a year. That's five straight years of bartending. Does that make you an expert? Probably pretty good. Yeah. I so, would assume so. I think I'd be pretty good at that. So it says here that um, studying French poetry and memorizing everything, um, broken down, that's about an hour a day studying some random topic for about 27 years. Um, so, yeah. About 27 years. 
27 years living the same day over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Wow. Talk That's, about talk about solitary how confinement. Many, yeah, how many how many of those days would you go through before you started trying to have the groundhog drive you off the cliff? Well, yeah, dude, he tries to kill himself like <laughs> yeah, multiple so times. With the, yeah, drops the toaster in the bathtub, jumping off the roof. Which that wouldn't yeah. work, by the way. It just it give you a good shock, but. Well, no, I, I'm pretty sure. Depending on the toaster of the '90s, I mean, those were heavy duty yeah, machines. Yeah, yeah. Were, like if they didn't have any fail safes in the toaster. Yeah, yeah, I was, was gonna mean, say, what were yeah. the safety protocols on toasters back in the '90s? <laughs> Nothing. But no, yeah, yeah. How, by, by the way, how's it not Caddyshack? By the way, I don't understand. What? The first thing you think of with Bill Murray? I don't know, man. Like, there. I love time travel. I'm a, I'm a big fan of time travel, or like weird, like interdimensional, interdimensional realities and stuff. Um, remember the show Sliders with Jerry O'Connell? Yes. Yeah, yes. but short lived. It didn't last very long. I think it was on like the Sci Fi Channel. So but like you're he a had fan like, of, like a, Quantum Leap. I fucking love Scott yeah. Bakula. Yeah. Why would I not like that? That's, that's Haven't I talked about this before? I think I've talked about Quantum No, I think this is, I mean, you're just kind of talking. You basically said I mean, this everything is, that you said I, you I'm just, I'm just saying the stuff that I just talk about all the time. So, you know, right. it all just blends together. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, I love Quantum Leap. That is uh, one of my favorite shows. The I, idea of that is great. The funny thing, and going back to Ghostbusters that we all love, is that I watched this movie. Like when I was like probably my kid's age and now I watch it as an adult. And I'm like, what was my mother thinking? When she says, when she, and, yeah, like, like he's talking, I mean, it's very sexual and swearing like it, it's, 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 but it's great comedy. But then, then my kids are like, dad, I want to watch Ghostbusters. And I'm like, all right. So I, I'm thinking the same thing. It's like, why did my mom let me watch this? But then my kids want to watch. I'm like, well, shit. I mean, I did it. I turned out. Yeah, man, it's got okay. ghosts in it. Well, it's funny. We were we were sitting there watching Game of Thrones, and like Will's boys are just there. Sorry, and it's just like, well, they've seen a tip before. Like, I don't know what the big deal is. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm but I'm pretty I'm pretty liberal with the kids. Like, as far as I don't really get on to them when they try cuss words, and I don't. I, I mean, they're children. What kids do? They're that's five that's what old, I did. Five-year-old boys. I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> it's hard to not laugh at them a little bit and just chuckle when they look back at you and say, "Fuck," because <laughs> that happened to the car one time driving them back to their mom, and we're just like, "Oh Jesus!" Like, well, I'm listening to stand-up comedy. It's like Tom Segura. It's, it's, no, it's Daniel. Yeah. It's Daniel Todd. So somebody worth he's just letting the F word fly, and and it comes to a break in the in the comedy, and I just hear from and the we back had, right. We chuckled, so the boys. I chuckled, that. and so yeah, so he goes. Fuck, <laughs> and then like just that's like no, no. So first of all, and then he kind of looks up to the front seat. I look back and I go, I ask him like, what? The, what? I go, no. I, I, I probably ask him like, what the fuck did you say? <laughs> and he just goes nothing because he knew. Oh no, he. So the way that you just said that, and like I assume because that's ingrained in your brain, the the first time your son said that. Oh yeah. The way you said it, where you just went, fuck. He was tasting that word as he said it. That was that was not like that was not him. That was not him like you know Just practicing how to say it. That was him tasting the for, word for the first time. Fuck yeah yeah exactly. It like the same yeah. way like when you eat something very delicious and it like for the first time. Yeah yes exactly, dude. I, I don't remember the first time I ever said the word fuck. And so well then I remember the first time I made my brother say the word fuck. So a couple. 
this is, they're still in daycare or, pre or preschool, I guess, at the time. And so, like, three or four weeks later, I get it. We, their mom calls me and said that we got a call from the principal of the school because they had gotten into a shoving match with each other, which I don't care if they fight each other. I don't fight other kids. And so I guess some other kid tries to jump in to the, between them. And I guess Presley shoved this kid. And as he shoved him, he said, fuck off. So <laughs> when, when my, when my ex is calling and telling me about this, like they're not around. It's like they're in bed, you know, cause they got put straight to bed that sure. night. Yeah. And so she's like mad. So by the way, anytime that she posts pictures that are cute, mm -hmm. like online, she was look at my kids or maybe our in there. But it's Ooh. always, look at my boys, look at my boys. But then anytime that they do shit wrong, they go, you know what your son did today? <laughs> now they're mine. Now they're mine. And so, but she's telling me about this whole situation. I just kind of chuckled. I'm like, well, I mean, at least he used it right. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, an, it was, a, it was a high, it was an intense situation. He said, fuck off. I mean, the point got across. I mean, what do you want me to say? Like, it's like if you, if you make it so taboo in their kids, they're going to want to do it later. But if you just be like, hey, man, do it, like, just, it's okay. Yeah. It won't be such a big deal. Dude. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll get some potty mouth kids growing up, whatever. Well, I mean, we were all shit disturbers. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, I don't, I don't remember not doing a bunch of shitty stuff when I was a child. But just like ticky tack shit. You weren't, like, trying to hurt anybody. You know? No, no. But, I, was, I mean, I was mean to, like other kids in school and stuff sometimes because I was Are trying you to be a bully Kyle? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like to like one kid in particular. Oh like, you, I, oh, like you know this. I can oh, tell I, I, oh, I'm aware. Like, yeah. yeah. And like we made up and became friends like Good. later Good. on. And like it but like the idea of that still really weighs on me. Cause like you know I was a fat kid and people made fun of me. And so like I took that out on Some other, other kid. kids at school. Like that's what kind of kid was this? Was he like a? Uh... He wasn't he's... in a wheelchair. Was no, he? no, no. He was he was able bodied, but he uh, he was a kid that he was like a little bit older for like. Did he get like held back a grade or something? No, he didn't get held back a grade, but like he got moved forward a grade because like of his age. But he was also a little bit smarter and stuff, so like he was younger than the rest of us. And so... Oh, he skipped a grade. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he felt out of place. Like, just physically. Yeah, and then, like, I was a shitty child and, <laughs> like, was was mean to him. And so, we're, like, it, we, we all were, and it was terrible. And, I, I mean, like, we, we, once again, we rectified when this. Did, when, did your, when did your parents pass away? Uh, my mom was in 1995, and my dad was, like, three years ago. Okay, okay. So, but you still, so both your parents were still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I got in so much trouble I all the in, time. Because after my dad passed, well, when I was like 13, I, I was a little shit Like this, while, is, this wasn't like a long-term thing. Like, I didn't bully this kid throughout the years of grade school or anything. This was like a very short-lived, like, you know, like, few weeks. Right. But, like, I still felt terrible about it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. I feel you on that one. Anyway, I don't know how we got on the subject of that. <laughs> so, so Kyle's just sitting here talking into microphones. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, what'd you just say? <laughs> 
I thought this was supposed to be light. I'm not feeling bad about the bullying. We were supposed to be looking up something about Bill Murray on the internet. I don't know. We all get a little no, drunk, no, and now we're no, just we talking. Did. I'm just recording extra we, stuff. I mean, we have so much audio recorded, so right. I can just put look, together whatever the fuck I want to. What you're supposed to look up on the internet was how long it took to become an expert on things. 27. Yeah, 27 yeah, we years. found that out. Then we got into Bill Murray and, like, kids beating up kids. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Caddyshack has just the right amount of Rodney Dangerfield? I don't really... Because any more than that is way too much. We've had this conversation. Have you seen Caddyshack 2 where he's like the... He's like Have the, you seen Ladybugs is the real question. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck is Ladybugs? Ladybugs is where uh, Jonathan Brandis, who was a popular kid from the 90s, uh, he was also on Sequest DSV. Um, oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> Uh, he plays. He, he pretends to be a female soccer player, uh, and Rodney Dangerfield is his coach. It came out. I, don't, I have no idea why. Why do I know this information? And also, why do you fucking know it? Why we have never once talked about ladybugs? Because because this. Well, the funny part about it was is that some movie executive somewhere thought, you know, who can really carry a movie? Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. Dangerfield. There is no way that person is still producing movies. Like, oh, that guy's long dead. <laughs> no way. Because you know anybody that thought that Rodney Dangerfield was funny was like 80. It's like Ralph Cramden beat your wife bus driver. Is that, that old school guy, right? So, oh, my God. No. Oh, right in the kiss up. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's nobody who thinks that Rodney Dangerfield is funny at any length of time. Although, oddly enough, got, got famous at like 50 years old. He's just a regular guy. And he Dude, started telling jokes. Hopes. I have start well, telling I mean, jokes. Well, you're younger than us, so. Frank's a child. I Frank, you don't even remember Ladybugs. I do not. You I also was, don't know who Jonathan Brandis is. I was literally born in 93. <laughs> do you remember Saved by the Bell? Of course I remember Saved by the Bell. I but I remember, I remember reruns of Save the Bell. <laughs> to be fair, I, only, I don't think I ever only remember reruns of Save by the Bell. Like, even, even being a kid in the 90s, the I was thinking The high school one I remember the first runs, but I, never, I wasn't around for the middle school, but I saw the reruns on TBS after school. Yeah, like, <laughs> like every, day, every day, like, local Fox was like, here's Save by the Bell and Friends and <laughs> Seinfeld and typically, yeah. like, oh, Jeopardy. Man. All, all in. Oh, well, it's, it's like a two-hour block before you hit the 6 o'clock news and then primetime. And it's just all replayed. Dude, I used to love that as a kid. My favorite thing was coming home and, like, being off school and, like, had homework or whatever. But then you had, like, a block of cartoons. And then it was, like, sitcoms for, like, an hour and a half. Yes. And then it was, like, prime time. You were eating dinner or whatever, hanging out with your folks. Have you I seen love that. Too Funny to Fail? Yes. Yeah, the show about... Uh, about the Dana Carvey show? Yeah, Dana Carvey, yeah. Oh, my God. Anytime I think of primetime funny... I think of the moment in in Dana Carvey where they're looking at the uh, where they're they're talking about their past episodes, yeah. and they're like, "We didn't know what home improvement was." They're like, <laughs> "Oh, here's Tim Allen. He's a he's a, he's an old coke addict. Whatever. Like, he's probably cool." And so they were the lead-in show to that. And there was one time where the show bumper was 
tune into the Dana Carvey show because that was like funny sponsors and like we're like we're like a six nibbled Bill Clinton six babies at the same time <laughs> sponsored by Diet Mountain Dew and late night Taco Bell and Tostitos <laughs> chips and then on a very special home improvement does JTT have cancer I don't want to die dad and they're having these guys watch the show, the bumpers back to back from like 15 years later. And like Steve Carell like can't even like he can't even talk because he's laughing. He's like, he's like, what do we, what the hell are we doing? Dude, like the number one a, show in the world was Home television. Improvement. National and, television. Yeah, and they, they gave you the they gave you the lead in for that. Oh God. I love it. That's so funny. Or no, no, they were they were after the show. They were at, yeah, they were after that because yeah, they had all, they had all the viewers and they just dropped them. <laughs> they like just, they've never seen like ratings drop so fast from like a great lead in. And it was like, yeah, I'm going to die. Dead. Well, next on a very funny Dana Carvey, like after this kid's like going to die. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was, that's too good. So moving on. Tell me about this pen. The Boca Vista. <laughs> Phase five. <laughs> Just old people with just nothing better to do than like form weird housing. Have you ever stayed in a retirement community? No, um, my. What do you mean stay? My grandmother. My grandmother lived in one, but she had like a condo, so we would stay with her every now and then. Yeah, so it's it's like uh, they're just they're apartments, but they're condos, dude. They're they're weird places. They played a lot of canasta. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that is. So it's a kind of it's a, a card game. It's a card you typically play five hundred points. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of like rummy and like. But you do know what has been going on in the last ten years in America's nursing homes? What? They Swing. Been, they have been sipping a lot of like like STI drugs to nursing homes because they're. I mean, they're infertile and they're just walking. Just Banging each other, yeah, so somebody that like, makes sense. Somebody will bring in like syphilis, and it just flares throughout the There's entire. Parks and Recreation episode about this yeah. from like a decade so ago. So this is exactly what happened. This is like <laughs> this a, is still going on. This, this is, is a not. Re- a, no, no, this is a this real is thing. It's like, it's like I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> but old people fucking. Well, no, they're like one old guy, but but it's so like they're cheating on each other like those goddamn silverback gorillas. So like one guy goes out and gets like rich guy goes out and gets some young snatch, catches a bug. Brings it back into the community, and then, like, within days, everyone has it. Because they're all just fucking each other. <laughs> it's just a spider web of old people boning. <laughs> and think about that. Your Nana was in one, bro. So. Mm, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to ruin every sexual experience for you here on out. Oh, I'm not ruined. I, I, that doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't want to think about that. Was that a stat you just looked up? Was, was that, that why you talked no. about that? No, no. I just oh, that's just that I one know. that you know. I just, I just know. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Why is it uncomfortable, Frank? Because why do you know that? Like, where, where, what was your inclination to figure this out? Like, well, when, like, when, when in school we studied like uh, STIs and how they how they work. How what differentiate between bacterial and viral? It's fucking science. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, that's just what it was. That's a good reason to know it. So kind of study those those cases where just like it just how they're they're really good 
um, cases to show like how a virus, especially when sexually transmitted, can spread so quickly in a population. Like, I mean, it just blows up. So, I mean, if you've got a real slutty population, like, say, a nursing home or the Jersey Shore house, then it goes through quick. Is that why corona is spreading so quick or, like, all this intimate contact? Eh. This is a corona-free podcast. <laughs> but it's not a boning-free podcast. <laughs> yes, I, I, would, I would much rather talk about my grandmother having random sex <laughs> in an old folks' home than talk about corona. At this point. I, uh, dude, so would I. Thank yeah. you for... You know what we could real. talk about? Murder hornets. No, those those aren't a thing. They're real, okay? And if we don't eradicate them in the next one to two years, they're going to destroy our bee population to a, a, a population that cannot recover and reproduce fast enough to save our agricultural industry. Frank, you're about three podcasts too late. Yeah, we already talked about murder hornets. <laughs> We're not talking about that. That's ages ago. Passing We've over murder on. hornets in this podcast is like we do in real life. It's fine. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't care about that. <laughs> Here I am just trying to offer content. Have you guys watched uh, King of Staten Island yet? No. I have not, and I'm so excited to do yes, so. Yes, please do. Can it's we read that tonight? No, it's almost 1 o'clock. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Dad. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for getting sleep. Whatever. No. You're not my dad. Tomorrow, tomorrow night. <laughs> You're not my real dad. <laughs> so I take it that staying together for the for the time has been great for you guys. Oh, it's actually no. been really nice. It's been fun. <laughs> like uh, I would have I would have lost my goddamn mind if I had to do all of this quarantine alone. Oh, yeah. I would have been so bored. It honestly would have been terrible. I, until about a month ago, when I got my electric piano, like I ordered one online and went out and it showed up, and it's fantastic. I love playing piano again. If I like, I could have maybe done the this last month, but the previous two months, no way. Like by myself in my apartment, trying to play, make maybe play video games or listen to music or just. Watch Netflix all the time. Maybe what do you think walk? people? What do you think people do? Because because none of us had to go through this solo. So, what do you think people that are alone do? I, Lose like, their minds. Like I said, my friend who was solo quarantined for forty two days. The most interaction she had was a delivery driver or someone dropping off her groceries. I would smoke a lot of weed. Eat a lot Ooh. of delivery. I think you'd sleep a lot. You probably yeah. do a very like or, you know, I, you probably do what. People do in solitary confinement in prison, which is like develop a routine for yourself, whatever that may be, and oh, just do it. Oh yeah, we're going for the. Whole but I mean, you do thing. also have internet and stuff, which is different. So right, you can communicate with people. But I would hope that I would there. Hope. There were probably times where a lot of those. Folks, I just I, I just had a drinking buddy, so it's it's fun. Yeah, but I would hope that if I were alone, I would find some way to better myself in some way. Yeah, I think read a lot of books, people did. A topic. People learned all kinds. Dude, there's all kinds of uh I relearned stuff a bunch online. of Spanish. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I did Duolingo, man. It, it's actually super convenient and easy. That's cool. Duolingo? Duolingo. Duo, Duolingo. Duolingo. It looks like a little uh, green. It's a tweet bird. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's like oh, uh, it's, oh, it's... Except it's the, I thought he was saying he was becoming Duolinguist. <laughs> and I was like, no, there's bilingual. That's Yeah, I understand what bilingual is. Well, I didn't... Dude, that, you could understand my confusion when I don't know what this app is. Okay? 
was me duolinguist. Right. I was like, I was like, who is this dumb fuck who like maybe you should learn English first before you work on a second? Well, Yo. maybe you should learn apps, Will. Well, I'm old, so I don't do apps, bro. But you're you're young enough to still say bro. Yeah. Bruh. So it's, Bruh. So we're donut areas, man. Oh shit. All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna call it. We're sufficiently drunk. It's almost one a.m. And uh, beautiful. <laughs> well, Frank, I love both of you. Love you, Kyle. <laughs> Country and, roads take us home. <laughs> please no. Although I do love John Denver, and uh, you know what John Denver always used to say: "It do be like that sometimes." <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.